Game day. Does anyone in here ever watch ESPN's Game Day? Anybody watch Game Day? It's a very popular program. In fact, I feel like I pretty much have breakfast with Kirk Herb Street and Lee Corso every Saturday morning. We love to watch. It's okay to laugh. We love to watch Game Day. And after all, you know, when I'm up here, I want to have like a, a conversation with you. So again, clap. You can go preach it, white boy. You can go, all right, because, you know, if we were at a game, I think we would cheer. And, and this is a game. We have game day as followers of Christ every day. And this is part of the big game that we have every week around here. So let's cheer like it's game day. I don't know about you, but I love to look at the fans against the backdrop of game day. The fans, man, they freak me out. They're so fun. They're so enjoyable. They do so many outrageous things. We love to be fans. I mean, you're a fan. I'm a fan. We're made to be a fan. We're fashioned to be a fan. We're designed for devotion. And it's so, so stunning to see how we love to cheer for stuff, how we love to applaud for things. And, and a lot of us here and in Florida and in Oklahoma and those who are watching online, a lot of us are major football fans, are we not? We love the game of football. We love it. We love it. My brother told me, he goes, Ed, wouldn't it be hilarious if like Martians landed one day on planet Earth and they watched us during football season? They would go, wow, they worship an oblong ball, a pigskin zipped up with air, and all these muscular guys are pushing it back and forth on top of green carpet that has white lines through it. It's, it's, it's amazing. Have you ever thought about that? We, 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 we love to be fans. We love to cheer for stuff. No one taught me how to do it. I just do it. No one taught you how to do it. You just do it. We are people that are into devotion. Now, the Bible would call this worship, and I'll talk about that in a little while. We're, we're made for worship, and, and I think as you look at the life of Jesus, it's interesting how many times Jesus told people to follow him throughout the Throughout the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that chronicles the life of Jesus. He said, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Uh, several dozen times he said, follow me. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to, to, to do that? Well, it means to enthusiastically devote yourself to someone or something. And when Jesus asked people to follow him, that's what he was asking and challenging people to do. Who knows? You know, if Jesus could walk on the stage right here in the flesh, maybe instead of saying, follow me, he might say, become a fan. Because we understand a fan. And in today's culture, follow is kind of hollow. That's what people do on social media. And they don't really follow us. Oh, I have this many followers. Or you have that many followers. They don't really follow us. They're just sort of like, okay, yeah, check out what you do or whatever. Jesus might say, become a full-on fan. I think he might say that. And I've been thinking about that. I've been kind of uh, turning that over on the rotisserie grill of my mind about what it means to be a fan. Have you ever thought about that? Now, I'm going to warn you about this message. If this is your first time here or your uh, 100th time here. Uh, this message is gonna be, um, I don't know, they'll have, they'll, 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 there'll be some laughs in this message. It, it'll, be, it'll be sort of, uh, um, there'll be sort of some, some, some comedy in this message. And that's okay to laugh, right? Right, yeah, okay, okay. 
but also don't let the comedy fool you. Because very quickly, it will segue into an industrial strength message. It'll segue into conviction right quick, but it will be fun. And it'll be funny, but also it's gonna be foundational and sort of in your grill because later on, I think our Savior Jesus is gonna throw a flag in your life and mine. He's gonna draw a line in the sand and say, okay, which side are you on? Fans, fans, there are different types of fans. There's the, what's the score fan? Kind of the clueless fan. You ever seen one of those? There's the Uncle Rico fan. You know, if they'd have put me in the fourth quarter, state finals, I'd be playing on Sundays. No, you wouldn't. There is the, I should have been a coach fan. There is the millennial fan, you know, with the beard, skinny jeans, they're not drinking beer, they're drinking pour over coffee as they watch the game. So they're different types of fans. Basically though, there are two types of fans. And let's just uh, talk about these two groups. There's gonna be the full on fanatical fan. That's one group. The other group would be the bandwagon or fair weather fan. I thought to myself, who do I know who's a full on fan? Thought about my wife, Lisa. You just saw her. She's a full-on fan. She's a fanatical fan. She loves football. Loves it. Especially the University of South Carolina. Their mascot, the Gamecocks. What? A chicken? The fighting game chickens of South Carolina, Lisa is a true fan. I'm not, I'll just be flat out honest, I am more of a fair weather, almost said foul weather, fair weather bandwagon fan. So I was just thinking about some of the character qualities of, of Lisa's fandom, and, and as I was thinking about those, I thought, wow, those relate to the field of faith. Because as I told you earlier, we're made to cheer. We're made to get behind something. We're made for devotion. God gives us that opportunity. God says, man, you can either worship the creator or the creation. We have a lot of people that worship the creation. They put plants and animals and, and, and things above God. They, they worship it. Environmentalists. Now, I'm all about the environment. We should take care of the planet. We don't put the planet, though, above the person of Jesus. We don't do that. That's pantheism. Then, a lot of people worship animals. They worship the creatures as opposed to the creator. Try posting something on social media, as I do a lot. I mean, this past week, I posted a picture of an alligator snapping turtle that I caught. Did you see that on Instagram? It weighed over 100 pounds. I love the turtle. I took care of the turtle. Gingerly put this 90-year-old specimen of a dinosaur back into the tricky waters of the Trinity River. I got some hate on that. A turtle! Now, I don't kill turtles. I practice catch and release. 
The only time I keep fish is if I'm going to eat fish, I'll keep it. But what? We're, we're, we're worshiping animals now? Really? Animals aren't humans. They're not. God made us uniquely human. It's interesting how we worship that. A lot of people worship man. We worship our bodies. Think about bodybuilding and think about this whole, whole realm of, of eating clean. I mean, some people just take it over the edge. They redline it, lifting weights and working out. We're addicted. We're worshiping that. A lot of people worship money in our culture today. We, we worship so many things and, and we want to step back and go, whoa, great worship, wrong object or wrong person. But the bottom line is we're going to be a fan. We're going to be a fan. And it's great to be a fan. I'm not hating on, on cheering or yelling or or go Cowboys, or let's go Dolphins, or the University of Miami, or the Oklahoma Sooners, or the Texas Longhorns, or the South Carolina Game Chickens. We, we can do all of that. That's awesome. Don't, though, waste your worship. Don't do it. God knows if we waste our worship on anything or anyone else other than him, we're going to be gravely, pun intended, disappointed. Well, let's go through Lisa's life. I love to talk about someone else other than me. Lisa is a full-on fan. How do you know that? I just observe her. Number one, she's super passionate. Woo! I'll hear her do that. I'm in my study trying to put the finishing touches on the message. She's watching the game chickens once again, and normally they lose. I go, what happened? Well, Carolina is two touchdowns behind with three minutes to go in the game. Maybe they can pull it out. I'm thinking to myself, wow. She's passionate about that? If they lose, oh, they lost. So her emotions go up and down because she is a full-on fan. God has feelings too. And so often, Friday Night Lights, woohoo! Pee Wee Football, yeah! The SMU Mustangs, woohoo! The USC Trojans, Jesus? I set you up for that one, didn't I? How passionate. I'm just asking you a question. Are you about the things of God? Are you, are you a, a full-on fan? Or are you a fair weather fan? I, I played basketball at Florida State University. I'm a member of the Letterman's Club, so forth and so on. But I hate to confess this, I am a fair weather fan when it comes to the Seminoles. I don't really follow Florida State. And I played for them. I just don't. I don't know why I've thought about that. I just don't. I mean, if I saw a home game or if I'm watching on television and they won the national championship or whatever, yeah, I'd be, okay, great, but I'm just a bandwagon fan. Are you a bandwagon fan or a full-on fan? Real fans like Lisa, they're well-educated. She knows what's going on. I mean, she talks to people who knows what's going on about the game chickens, about the quarterback situation, about the coaching situation. 
about their schedule. She knows what's happening. Websites, and she's reading and looking, and she is a well-informed fan. Are you? Fantasy football, are you? I've got the Cowboys schedule memorized, are you? I mean, I know the roster of this team and that team. How about the roster of the playbook? How about the plays, the offensive and defensive schemes in this book? How about the basic doctrine of the faith, salvation by grace through faith, the authority of the inerrancy of Scripture, the substitutionary atonement of Jesus, sanctification, justification. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? I'm just talking to you about basic Christianity. And sadly, a lot of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Are you a real fan? <laughs> really? You're, you're, you're a full-on fan. Okay, just asking. Uh, Lisa is also loyal. She's crazy loyal. Uh-oh, you see that clock, don't you? We've got one minute and 48 seconds left in the first half. I've got a cruise. She's loyal. There's a new documentary on Serena Williams, the incredible female tennis player, the best female tennis player of all time. And Serena was talking about motherhood, and her coaches were kind of getting up in her grill. They were like, uh, Serena, you can't fit tennis into your family. You've got to fit family if you're going to win into tennis thought, whoa, you know, as a, as, a, as a fan, what do we do? I mean, the schedule's set, and we build our lives around the schedule. How about this schedule? How about 52 weekends a year? Oh, yeah, I'll just go to church when I can. I mean, if everything lines up, I'll have this opportunity, that opportunity, and then if I can't do that, okay, I'll go to church. Wow, loyal. If you recommend the church, you've got to defend the church. People don't jump from being a Cowboys fan to an Eagles fan. You don't jump from being an Oklahoma Sooner to following the University of Miami. You're in. And people, as we travel now all over the place, around the world, the biggest frustration church leaders deal with around the world. People hopping from this place to that place. Oh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Half time. All right, what a first half. I'd like to welcome everybody. Thank you for coming. I'm Tim Matthews. And I'm Sam Kelly. And I'm Derek Jolly. What a great first half it's been. The media team is executing their game plan perfectly. No missed slides, no mic drops, and how about that audio mix? It's been phenomenal, Derek, and hands down the best play of this first half is Pastor Ed giving a shout out to his wife. Somebody's trying to get some brownie points this morning. And it's gonna work. The passage game has been on fire too. The passages that Pastor Ed went to on point and perfect. And in all my years, I don't think I've ever seen better coverage. 
Tim, I could not agree more. I know exactly what you're talking about. That hairline is unbelievable. It looks like a Chia pet, Derek. It's beautiful. I want to give a shout out. I know you're watching. Alvi Armani, thanks for all you do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And you know, you can tell the franchise player, Pastor Ed, is giving 110% out there. He hasn't had any word fumbles. It's been phenomenal. You can tell he's watching game film. And ever since he's come off the injury reserve from his heart surgery, I've never seen him better. Sam, he is literally taking his talents to Miami as we speak. Through the miracle of technology. And wait, speaking of Miami, Florida, I'm just getting this sad in right now, Sam. This is the 47th time that Pastor Ed has mentioned that he played Division I basketball this year. Well, oh, Derek, you know what? I'm getting another, another stat here. His average points per game was .03, but the bench was always warm. It's hard to improve on that average, that's for sure. What do you guys think is going to happen in the second half? For me, I think that if things go bad, we can expect some corny high school cheers. If they really head south, then Pastor Ed's probably going to break out a few dance moves and the white man overbite. That's right, Tim. You know, I'm fully expecting Pastor Ed to come out in the second half throwing. Don't be surprised if you see another sound effect. Don't be surprised if you see another sound effect. Don't be surprised if you see another sound effect. I love it, Derek, but let's talk about something that's got to be lifted and elevated this second half. Crowd participation. I haven't heard any preaching white boys or bars yet. They have got to show some love to the franchise player. In fact, I think we caught somebody sleeping during the first half. Let's go to the video replay. Yeah, that's phenomenal, Derek. You know, she's not fooling anyone. She's definitely not praying. Someone needs to give her that elbow bump or get her some coffee. You're right, Derek. In this second half, the crowd has got to take it to an HNL. A whole nother level. Well, I think Pastor Ed is coming down the tunnel right now. So let's make some noise and get ready for an exciting second half. Are you guys ready to take it to an HNL? A whole nother level. I thought so, I thought so. As I've said, Lisa is super passionate. She's well-educated. She's crazy loyal, but also very relational. When it comes to being a fan, she's always inviting people over to watch the game chickens, well, play. Always, always, always connecting. Oh, honey, look, they have a South Carolina Gamecocks bumper sticker on the back. They have a license plate. Let's, I mean, she wants us to wave at cars and, hey, what's up? Okay, you're a fan, you're devoted, you're a follower of Christ. How promotional are you? You know, how, how really promotional and how relational are you? Do you invite? Do you connect? Do you ask people to show up? I mean, we have some empty seats here. I know it's fair weekend, we have a holiday tomorrow, and I know that we have all these games, the Red River Shootout, and we have all these games in Florida and Miami, and, and I understand that, but I'm looking at some of you and wondering, uh, I haven't seen anybody with you, but if you had, I mean, season tickets, if someone gave you a block of eight seats, I guarantee you'd fill them. Oh, come to the game with me. 
Yeah, you've got to see USC play. You've got to see the Gamecocks play. I just, I just thought about that when I thought about Lisa. She's very relational, and she's, she's highly invested. When she goes to Columbia, South Carolina now and then, invariably she'll go to a game, and she will sit in great seats. And she'll pay good money to sit in great seats. She buys paraphernalia. She buys all sorts of clothing. I mean, she has a University of South Carolina shirt on today. How promotional are you? I mean, how invested are you? How relational are you? How loyal are you? How educated are you? How passionate are you? Major questions. I checked the ticket prices right before I walked out. The average season ticket package for the Dallas Cowboys, average, $1,900. Parking averages $30 to $80. I thought about doing that during this series, flagging people down and go, whoa, that'll be $80 because you have a great parking space. In fact, all of you people here down front, when you walk out, you're not going to be able to leave until you pay $525 per person. These are like sought after seats. And some of you are shooting daggers at me right now. But if you were in a stadium, or the stadium, you'd be like, wow, these are awesome seats, only $525. Isn't that funny? So, so, you're, so you're a fan? Seriously, you're, you're a full-on fan of Christ. Well, I'm just, I'm just asking. How about your finances, you know? Uh, something you'll never hear. I love to imitate Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones say, I thought about several things. Number one, uh, my stadium's too big. <laughs> I've heard that about this place. It's too loud. I don't like all the different, different songs. I just want your money. (laughs) Man, how much did that screen cost? Oh, isn't it awesome? He signed a $75 million contract. You're, you're a fan? You're, you're, seriously, you're, you're a follower of Christ, right? Really? Let me, let, me, let me look at your finances. I mean, that's the answer. That's what the Bible says. I, I didn't say that. I can look at your money. You can look at my money. You can go, oh, okay. I can see who Ed is devoted to. Just a thought. I mean, again, I, I'm just, 
Lisa is invested. She spends, you know, a good bit of money on football. Oh, also, <laughs> this is a great one. She's extremely generational. In other words, when Lisa was little, she didn't have a choice about <laughs> the Gamecocks. Her dad graduated from there and I think took her to games before she could even like walk. So it was like, you're gonna be a Gamecock as long as you're under my roof, little Lisa. And then when you graduate and individuate, you can make your own choice. Oh, I wanna be a modern, cool, millennial parent. You know, my kids just gonna make up their own minds about religion and the things of God. And how much dope are you smoking? <laughs> yeah, I wanna give my kid a choice. You know, I don't think all their friends show up here. Well, they're not. And they don't, and they won't. What's the next issue? Who's the parent? Who's, I mean, seriously, who's, who's the coach here? I'm glad I didn't have a choice in the matter when I was growing up. I'm glad that my parents were generational. And I'm glad this church is generational. Are you? Think about the resources and energy and effort we put into the next generation. Are you, are you a fan? I mean, yeah, I know you are, but are you a fair weather fan? Or a full on fan? Fans are generational. One more. And I've touched on this already, but Lisa is thoroughly promotional. You really can't shut her down when she gets on a roll talking about the University of South Carolina. And it's amazing because they're mediocre most of the time. I know they play in the SEC, and that's probably, in my opinion, the most difficult conference there is to play in. I get it, but they're mediocre at best, above average, but they never, they just never kick over into Greatness, but, but I'm telling you, she's promotional. She'll tell you about it. She'll advertise it. She'll talk about it. Are you promotional about Jesus? Are you promotional about this stadium? Are you? Again, just, just a test. I mean, Jesus, though, you know, he, he talked about basically two groups of people. The wheat and the tares. The believers and the non-believers. The fruitful and the fruitless. Those on the narrow way and those on the broad way. Those who are full-on fans and those who are fair-weather fans. 
Jesus doesn't do fair weather. I told you get convicting. I'm just simply telling you what Jesus said. He doesn't do the bandwagon thing. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, John 6, verse 60. Here's the context. Jesus had just performed the Hebrew Happy Meal miracle. The feeding of the 5,000. People were like, oh boy, free food, high in protein and carbs, fish and chips. Woo! All right. He began to teach and talk and things, and then the people thought, oh yeah, Jesus, he's going to be a political figure. He is going to take control, and the Jews will dominate, and they were thinking that, and then Jesus kind of cruised over a body of water, and they discovered he was over there, and they all followed him over there. Uh, I mean, people were just, were just dying to get a glimpse of him, and all of a sudden, he draws a line in the sand. All of a sudden, he goes, wow, I'm going to throw a flag, and I want you to think about your life. Listen to these difficult words. Verse 60, John chapter 6. On hearing it, many of his disciples, not a few, disciples, I mean, he was separating the full-on followers with the fair-weather fans. On hearing it, many fair-weather Fan said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Verse 61, Jesus, of course, hacking into what was happening. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? See, we don't understand that the message of Jesus is offensive. Let me say that again. The message of Jesus draws lines in the sand, lines of love, lines of grace, but lines of truth. And now I'll skip down to verse 66. It's interesting, this is John 6, 66, is it not? From this time, many, not, not a few, not, not, this person or that person, not the ones who, you know, had negative blogs or anything. No, no. It says, from this time, Jesus said, many of his disciples turned their back and no longer followed him. Many of the disciples turned their back and no longer followed him. Read here. They were no longer fans. They were, again, fair weather bandwagon fans. Again, I'm just asking you, are you a full-on fan or a fair weather fan? I mean, just a, just a checklist. And then Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus said this, 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Again, we have Jesus separating the full-on fan with the fair-weather fan. Which one are you? Which one are you? Think about these qualities I just mentioned. They mirror the life of Jesus. Passionate. Is Jesus passionate for you and me? Are you kidding me? Educational. Jesus knows you and me better than we know ourselves. Loyal. He's for you, not against you. He's for me. The Holy Spirit is encouraging you to acquiesce and to give your life to him. Relational? That's Christianity. It's not a religion. How about invested? Jesus is totally invested in our salvation. Think about the words that describe salvation in the Bible. They're all financial terms. Generational. Jesus is thinking about the next generation. He's cheering for parents and single parents. He's cheering for those who are in authority to help and to coach and to teach and to train the next generation. Why are there so many genealogies in the Bible? The next generation. Promotional. Jesus is promoting you and me right now to the Father, the Bible says. He's promoting. He wants the best for our lives. Are you? Again, one more time. These are the words of Jesus. A full-on, fanatical follower of Christ or a fair-weather fan. Jesus, remember, doesn't do fair-weather. Let's pray. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed at all of our different locations. I want to give you an opportunity right now as I draw a line in the sand to give you this ability that God has given you. I'm just, just the, the, the voice and the, and the mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to give you this opportunity to step over the line and become a follower of Christ, to become a full-on follower. Ed, how do I do it? It's a relationship. What do I do? You pray this prayer with me. Just say this to yourself. God, I admit to you the truth about my condition. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I admit to you that I've messed up and I turn from my sins and I turn to you. At this time, I step over the line. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. I give you everything. I devote 
my life to you. I wanna be a full-on fan to follow you. And I give everything I am to you. The moment you said that, Christ came into your life. He forgave you of your sins. He cleansed you. And now you have an opportunity to discover the greatness that he has for you. Jesus, I devote my life to you. I make this decision right now. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with me, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, would you please lift your hand if you prayed that prayer with me? Awesome. Hands in the back, all over the place. That's great. Amazing. Five people online, they're telling me, just raise their hand. Is that great? Six people in Dallas, four people in Miami, seven people at our Northport campus. Right now, keep your hand up. In the balcony, I can barely see you with the lights. Great. Norman, yes. Let's give God an amazing round of applause for all the people who became full-on fans. 